All right, good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we are learning Maseches Kiddush and Daf For those of you who are familiar with the Daf Chavtes, this is uh, parts of it belong to my profession, the classical Chiyuvim of Brismila, and maybe more broadly, we should really just pick up at the Mishnah, which is the Mitzvos Ha'av Ala Ben, Mitzvos Ha'ben Ala Av, and famously the Halachos that surround a woman's Ptur for Mitzvos Ha'aseshah Zman Grama, but still a Chiyuv and all Losa says, let's get through the Mishnah together, a quarter of the way down, about 15 lines or so down, 12 lines down on Chavtes Ha'av. Kol Mitzvos Ha'ben Al Ha'av, we don't know what these are yet. Anashim Chayevim Venashim Peturos. A man will be obligated in them and a woman will be exempt. We'll analyze today in the Gemara what type of mitzvot that's referring to. Anything that's time-bound. Men are obligated in time-bound commandments. Women are exempt from time-bound commandments. And then the Gemara adds, If you have a, a commandment that isn't time-bound, with a mitzvah that applies around the clock, so then says the Gemara, um, both men and women are obligated. For any mitzvah that is a negative prohibition, you're fine, you're good. If it, whether or not it's time bound, if it's a mitzvah, with a couple of exceptions, one that we learned about in the previous Masechta, that a woman doesn't have an iser of shaving her head, uh, and that a female Kohen doesn't have the iser, uh, it's not time bound. Uh, we don't, but the Gemara says over here that she doesn't have that chiyuv uh, in regards to becoming time, she's allowed to become to so asks the Gemara, what was the first case of the Mishnah? Third of the way down. Our first case in the Mishnah was mitzvos haben al ha'av. Michael mitzvos haben al ha'av. Ilema kol mitzvos If you're talking about the mitzvos that a son is obligated to perform for a father, why would we say nashim peturos? Let's look, for example, at one mitzvah, the mitzvah of Yira. The Atanya, the Brisa writes, Ishimo ve'aviv tiro, ish, eni elo ish. We see that the mitzvah say of a child toward his parents is applies to both. I have a mitzvah to fear and respect my mother, and I have a mitzvah to fear and respect my father. They're separate, they're separate people, and they both have a similar chiyuv. So it can't be that the mitzvahs of Ben Alaab are talking about things that the child is obligated toward the parent. Therefore, I'm a Rav Yehuda Hachikamar, Komitzvah Haben, Hamutalos Al Haav Asos Libno. It's a bit of a backwards language, but any mitzvah that a father is obligated to perform on behalf of his child or for or to his child, depending on what we're talking about, Anashim Chayav, and that's when men have a chiyuv, and nunashim peturos and women are exempt. And taninu lohadatan rabbanim, we have a brysa in line with this idea as well, that a father is obligated in taking care of his son in a, cer- in a certain set of ways, that a woman has no obligation in whatsoever. Says the Gemara a little bit more than halfway down, he's obligated in the following mitzvahs for his son, lamulo, to circumcise his son, if the child is a bechor, he has to do the mitzvah pejon aben, he's obligated to teach his child Torah, we're going to discuss some practicalities of that today, uh, we're going to discuss some practicalities of this as well, about ages at which it's appropriate to marry off a child, we have to teach our child a trade, to teach our child to swim, 
All of that is the Tanakama. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Kol She'ena Malamed Espano Umnos Malamdo Listos. He comments and says, anyone who doesn't teach their child to trade, it's as if they teach them to be a criminal. Says the Gemara, Listos Sal Kadaitach, you think their kid's actually going to walk around being a criminal? Ela Ki'ilu Malamdo Listos. Of course, it doesn't make him a definite criminal, criminal, but it's as if you've taught him to be a criminal because you've taught him nothing. Now he's going to have to go figure it out. What? Might be profitable, yes. Might be. What kind of, if you're asking, if you're asking that question, it alarms me about the chinuch in your home. Listen, sweetheart, I understand you want to be a doctor, but the bar to be a thief is much lower and more profitable. So let's go. A lot less school. If you become a doctor, the amount that you can yeah. even more. Wow, wow, the way you think is not the way everybody else thinks. Tex, this fiftieth birthday is getting to your head. You know. So says the Gemara, no, it's obviously it just means if you don't set someone up for success, they're more likely to, to fail. Lamula, I did a bris this morning and I'm like, by the way, you're, this is the day of your son's bris. What? Oh, okay, hold on. Let's talk about it after. Yeah. So I said to the family today, this the day of your son's bris is the tzibui of the commandment of a father circumcising a child. So I asked the father to appoint me as his messenger based on today's Gemara. Our Gemara doesn't talk about shlichus. Our Gemara just says that the tzibu is on the father. How do we know that there's a commandment to circumcise? That Abraham was told to circumcise his son Isaac. When a father is delinquent or when a father is not around, then the chiyuv doesn't fall on the mother, but rather then the bezdin is obligated to circumcise a child. And this pasuk is referencing bezdin. When a bezdin is not involved, then when he becomes he has to circumcise himself or make sure he gets circumcised. When, when do we say that there's a machlokas kares? Is it uh, every day? Is it only at the end of life? Fine, uh, big, big discussions. This also comes up a lot when I do a circumcision and the father's a goy. So where do I get rishus from to do the bris? It's not my kid. And the answer is that I function as bezdin. Or let's say another case scenario, which happened a number of times where a woman gets pregnant, forget about the father being a goy, sperm donor. I say no, my satashmish, no father. There's a father genetically, but maybe not halachically. Okay, so all of these cases, the only reason I'm allowed to do that is because, in theory, I'm like a, at an appointment of Bezdin, and therefore that works. How do we know that a woman is not obligated to perform the commandment of circumcision for her child? We know that Tzipora did this, and maybe Ladina, it's mutter. Um, by the way, just follow up on a previous story that just came up based on this line that Tzipora did the bris, it was still kosher. I told you the story about the Christian family last week who then told me afterwards that they were Jewish. My first cousin, Rabbi Isaac Rice, is a chash of Tamil Chacham, a young, brilliant chash of Tamil Chacham in New York. He's very close with the Herschel Shechter, and he said to Herschel Shechter, my cousin's a Moel in Chicago, this case happened. The family presented as Christian, and the Shailawa should he go back and do a Tafastan bris? So when you have all of Shas and Poskim at your fingertips, the life is a wonderful place. Herschel Shechter said it doesn't matter, because even if you do a bris, Shalolishma, Ladina, technically, you're Yotze the bris. Now, my intent during that circumcision was Zippo, nothing. Families, Christians, no medical, uh, no halachic anything. Didn't cross my mind for a moment. In my head, pure goy, my whole mindset, no brachos, no matitza, nothing. No talis, no cup of wine, zero. Reversal Shechler said that baby, if in fact he's a yid, his bris is kosher ladina, you know not do a tavras tambris, which is wild. My brain was completely well, then, not. Then Rabbi Reese says. Rabbi Reese took a totally different angle. He yeah. he angled and said that she has no namanas. You're okay. That's true. Yeah. So maybe they argue. I don't know. Didn't ask. Yeah. That's yeah. a crazy sheet. Did, did, did you want to be from Shomer? This family? This couple? 
I think they are two different conversations. Also. I didn't ask her by Reese, is the bris kosher Ladina? He just said she has no Naamanus. He was talking about the Naamanus piece. Sorry, Dad. How did they certify that the mother is Jewish? That was Rabbi Reese's problem. Rabbi Reese said she said she's she is a religious Christian, and now that she's saying that she's Jewish, she has no netmanus. She has zero trustworthiness. And guess what? The kid genetically is probably Jewish, but Rabbi Reese said it doesn't matter. She has lost her right to speak as it relates to halachic terminology. She's out. She's a goner. She can't say I'm Jewish. It doesn't matter what she says. And Rabbi Rafershal Shechter was saying he didn't even touch that piece, but Lemaisa the bris is kosher, even if you'd say that she is or isn't trustworthy, but the, the bris would still be kosher because even though my intent was flatline, nothing, I'd know nothing, doesn't matter. So a woman for sure can do a bris, it should still be kosher Ladina, but why isn't it her chiyuv? That's our Gemara's question. First of the long lines. The Gemara says on the second of the long, says the Gemara, at least we know, says Rashi, a third of the way down, we know that the mitzvah applies to Avraham, but the Pasuk only says, who says that I have to be, to be mal my son, the Gemara says, how do we know that it applies to the future? Because the Pasuk says, whenever it says, and here we have, it's a triple it's a trifecta of what the word actually comes to teach us. The word sab teaches us three things. It teaches us the din of zrizis, we should do brisim in the morning as opposed to the afternoon. It teaches us miyad, that it applies immediately, or in this case for Abraham. And it also applies ledoros, trifecta with one word. The word sab, when that word is used, the chachamim understand that word as a triple-headed monster to teach us that it applies uh, now and in the future as well. We learn that from Sefer Yehoshua, that Tzav is connected to Zrizus. Beautiful. So says the Balei Tosvos, the second Tosvos on the bottom, we said, Oso velo osa, and asks the Gemara, I don't understand. Vim Tomar, that we should say the drush of Oso velo osa, that the reason we know that a woman is exempt from the mitzvah of Brismila is because of the drasha, that's not correct. Why did you bring me a pasuk of Oso below Osa? After all, Brismila is a mitzvah sase, Shazman Grama, like any other mitzvah. So Bale Tosos answer, because day eight and onward, there is no break in the Chiyuv of Brismila. So therefore, uh, wow, the parameters of Zman Grama are gone. Because the mitzvah applies from day eight until the person dies. What's our next immediate kasha? What about nighttime? That's what the Hosva says now. The halacha is that if you do a bris at night, quote in the Ramon Shulchan Aruch, it's a zero. The Baliyat Tosfos Omer, based on a Gemara in Yevamos, V'yesh Lamar, to Asya Kiman to Amar Hasam, Dimila Shelobizmana, Noheges, Bain Biyom, Bain Belaila. Wow. Crazy shita. This did not make it into the Shulchan Aruch, this uh, sheet of the Balei Atosvos, because the Ramah does not paskin like this. But the Gemara over here says, the Balei Atosvos say that if a person is Shalobizman, and you're past day eight, nine years old, 10 years old, 50 years old, whatever, then you no longer have a chiyuv of Bayom. Then it can be even at night, which is a huge chiddush, uh, and actually widens a lot of kulas, let's say, especially in the winter months. This happened to me once when I did a bris and right across the... Uh, 
literally right across the border going east. And we scheduled the bris at like eight. But like the sun, it was like at the dead of the winter. And there, eight o'clock, the still the sun hadn't risen. By us, sunrise was like 7.06, whatever it was. We had to wait 10 minutes to do the bris. The bris was bismana, so I wouldn't, they wouldn't have had this toast was anyways. But the mice, we don't paskin like this. But a fascinating toast was nevertheless. Let's move on to the next mitzvah, the mitzvah pigeon aben, 10 lines from the bottom of the page, Chav Testament Aleph. Minal, and how do we know there's a mitzvah to be pode abachor? That if a child is the firstborn child, we'll see if it's to a woman or to a man, that we have to be pode, pode that child in the whole process with a kohen tachsiv, kol bachor banechatifte, where the father doesn't do his job, the son has to do it himself. We have a double language, and if the father doesn't do it, the son must. How do we know that if a, if a, a father doesn't do it, that a woman has no chiyuv to perform the mitzvah of Pidjon Aben, that we could learn the, the Pasuk Tipadeh from the word Tifte. And here's the drush on this Pasuk. Kol Shemitsuva Lifdoses Atmo, anyone who has a chiyuv for themselves to have a redemption, which is a man, Mitsuva Lifdoses Acherim. Then therefore the father, for example, would be able to be pod to others. Someone who doesn't have a chiyuv to be pod to themselves, namely a woman, then Eina Mitsuva Lifdoses Acherim, we pass in this way in Shulchan Arach as well. How do you know that a woman, how do we know that a woman is not obligated to redeem herself? Says the Gemara, another way to analyze the Pasuk, only if others will be able to redeem you, then mitzvah levdoso has atmo. But a woman is not like that. So a woman never has anyone who's obligated to redeem them if they're the firstborn. Asks the Gemara, how do we know that no one is obligated to redeem a woman if she's a bechor, a bechora? Says the Gemara, well, So these are some of the basic halachos of Pidyon Aben. And now we're going to cross-pollinate with some questions over here. Tanur Abonon, who liftos, uvno liftos? Let's say that I show up at a bris. The father says to me, oh, my son is a firstborn and so am I. My son had a Pidyon Aben, but I did not. So after doing all the analysis, if you find out that the parameters are correct, now they both have a mitzvah pidyon aben, and let's say that it's the appropriate day. Now it's not at the bris. Now we're at day 31, whatever it is. So then the Gemara says, who kodem livno, the father has to have a pidyon before the son. Father goes first. It's not our instinct. We're doting parents. We typically like to take care of our kids first. It's put on your own mask before you help others, which no parent would ever do in a billion years on an airplane. Never. I think about this all the time. I fly a lot. I roll my eyes every time. I'm like, not a chance. <laughs> Who would do that? You'd always put on your kids' masks first. You wouldn't even think twice about it. Here, the Gemara says that you have to take care of yourself first. By the way, halachically, you might be wrong. It's chayecha kodvin l'chayecha vercha. That's written by masks. 100%. It may also be true by the masks. I'm just saying. I'm just saying my in my bones, it doesn't. No, yeah. It's a... Uh, Actually, the son goes first. Why is that? This is fascinating. The fact that I, as an adult, should have a pidyon is not my job. It's my father's job. I'm not the Bechor. But assuming that I was, it would be my father's job. But the fact that my son needs a pidyon is my job. So therefore, if it's me or my child, I have to do my child because my chiyuv is, I have the chiyuv to perform the mitzvah for my child. The fact that I need one is my father's fault. So therefore, I would get to Machlokas in the Tanoim. Amar Abiyarmiya, turning to the top of Chavtas Malva, Kol Modem, everyone agrees, Nobody argues that when there are only five coins to do the to do the mitzvah, Pedro Naben, as we know, there's five silver coins. 
uh, it's pretty expensive actually. The five coins are like they're probably you have to do the ounces and in, in actual dollars. I think it's pretty expensive. Last time I checked, it was like 118 bucks for the five coins, whatever it is. It's pretty pricey. Yes, yeah, you can look it up. You just have to look up the weight of uh, the weight of uh, silver, the cost of silver per ounce. It's pretty straightforward. But I never look it up. I have the coins somewhere in my house. I have to find them. Okay. Anyways, my time. Huh? Why is it that we say that if there's only five coins to go around, uh, then the father for sure goes first because mitzvah de gufe adifa. Okay, now we have some lambdas. We have a comparison of mitzvah de gufe, a mitzvah that's happening with my body against the fact that I have a mitzvah ala ben. I have a mitzvah to be podem my to be podem my son, and I also, in my father's neglect, also have a commandment to be podem myself. So it says the Gemara mitzvah de gufe adifa. Fascinating. Why is that true? Why would we say mitzvah de gufe is adifa if the the classical tzibui isn't for me to take care of myself? The tzibui is me to take care of my son. So okay, not for now. But kipligi, where do we have this machlokes? It applies when five coins do exist, but only in properties with liens, and five coins are free dollars. If there's a halva, that's a halachic halva, so then that money, it's as if it's in a star. With the five coins that are free, we redeem the sun. And the coin can go to the properties that have a lien and go take five, five sella worth in order to do the... To do the uh, the pidyon ben on the father, the rabbanon sabre eight lines down on chavtes mebeis. We'll be going to the top of lamin amin aleph. Rabbanon sabre milva dekaso dechsiv beoraisa lav kiksuva b'shtar damya v'hilkach mitzvah degufa adif. According to the chachamim, because money that's locked up in a star is not mitzvah oraisa, uh, the, the the transaction may be oraisa, but we don't look at that money as as reachable. So therefore, says the gemara, we fall back on the basics of mitzvah degufa adif machlokes tamen. Another application, this time not internal, but from the world of Pidyon Aben to outside the world of Pidyon Aben. Lifto says Beno, Velalos Laregel. How do we pick which one? So the answer is Podes Beno Vacharkach Ola Laregel. The sun comes first. If you still have enough money to do Aliyah Laregel, fine. But obviously, we're not talking about Avev Shalakayim Shneim. We have to pick one. So the din is you have to be Podes Beno. That's the Tanakam Rebuda Omer, Ola Laregel Vacharkach Podes Beno. Shazo Mitzvah Overs, Shazo Mitzvah Shein Overs. That's not fair. The Mitzvah of Avaliyah Laregel is right now, it's today. And in a week from now, it's not going to be either. My son's Chiv for Pijon Aben is going to exist his whole entire life. So therefore, when I'm putting up against one another, the world of Pijon Aben and the world of Aliyah Laregel, Aliyah Laregel comes first. So it says the Gemara, Bishlam Allah Rebbe Yehuda. I understand according to Rebbe Yehuda why he said what he said to Kiddika Amar Taima, because he said, Zumitzo Veres, Zumitzo Shalo Veres, Shano Veres. And that's why he said that Ola Laregel comes first. Ela Rabbanan, my Taimai, why is it that they hold that the Pidyon Aben should come first? Amar Krak, Kol Bukhor Banecha Tiftev, Hadar Lo Yerupne Panai Reka. This is based on the flow of Psukim, a beautiful drasha. First, the Pasuk speaks about that you should do a redemption. And later in the Pasuk, it says that you should not uh, you should not see my face. So therefore, it says the Gemara, based on the flow of the Pasuk, and the Pidyon comes first before the Aliyah, the Regal. Says the Gemara, third of the way down, Let's say that a man has five wives, and he has one boy with each wife, first children, no miscarriages, and all of them are from different wives. So they're all firstborn children. First of all, what happens with his Yerusha, by the way? Is that uh, never thought about that? I mean, they're all di they're divided. Whoever's oldest, oldest. Two X. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're both 
firstborns to their mothers. Oh, that's the sugya then. Oh, I didn't the know that. Older of the old, the you're saying that I should know Chumash better. Yeah, that's what you're trying to say. I like that. So, subtle. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should have been lady now that I'm uh, being slugged up on uh, on camera here, David. I have a tour. So this is what the Gemara says. What is the case here? Yeah, it's a from Batola, is one of my friends used to call it. Yeah. It says the Gemara, if this is the case, Shechayab Livdos Kulan, Tamlam or Kobachor Banachatifte. Says the Gemara, because it says every Bachor, ask the Gemara, Pshita, but Petarechem Talarachmana. We know, we know that it's based on the woman. We know that it's based on the Petarechem, that which opens the womb, the first child born from a uterus. That's why Ladina, if a child is old enough to be considered a fetus and a woman miscarries, Rachmana Litzlan, then nothing. That's it. Then the deal is that uh, she's no longer Shaykh. The next child who is a boy, who's born healthy, then there's no dinner pigeon I've been. Because that's not Petarechem. So says the Gemara, what are you giving me a Pasuk for? We know that it's based on Petarechem. We know that it's based on the first child that exits the womb. Says the Gemara, third of the way down. Because it's possible, we had a Havamina to say that we have a Gzereshava from the world of Nachala, from inheritance. Just like by Bechor, we learn based on the firstborn of the father, not the mother. So maybe we'd say, no, over here, it is is, uh, based on Petarechem, and it's not based on anything else. Halfway down, if the father is uh, neglectful and doesn't teach his son Torah, he's obligated to teach himself. How do we know that a woman is not obligated to teach her son? Remember, not, not that she's not obligated, we'll discuss that in a minute, but here we're talking about the chiv toward a child. How do we know that a woman is not chiv to teach her son? I can make a funky drusha with the words. Says Anyone who has an obligation to learn themselves has an obligation to teach her son. Good. So therefore, she has no mitzvah to teach her child. But let's ask on that. How do we know that a woman doesn't have stama mitzvah? Another funky reading of the psukim. One that another person is obligated to teach them, but that's not a woman. Then she herself has to teach herself. But if there is a person out there, in this case a woman, who doesn't have a chiyu for others to teach her, she doesn't have an obligation to teach herself. Let's just be super clear here. I know there's like big discussions about can women learn Gemara? I got it. But what's definitely not part of this discussion is a woman's obligation to know halacha. That's Pashut ABC is nothing to talk about. A woman has to know Shulchan Aruch the same way that a man does. The same way. They have to keep the same Aruch. There are some halachos that are specific to women that we know nothing about. And there are some that are, okay, they can skip the ones that are specific to men. Great. They have to know hilchos nida cold. They have to know basar of cold. Hilchos ta'arovas, like the back of their hand. They have to run the kitchen perfectly. You can complain all day. I understand. I get it. I understand. Yeah, gemara, whatever. But that's a big machlokas. Fine. But no one is pater from Shulchan Aruch. No one. Everyone's obligated to know Shulchan Aruch backwards and forwards. So it says the Gemara, How do we know that no one is obligated to teach a woman Torah? Therefore, we know that a woman is not obligated in the general uh, sitting, what we're doing, sitting and learning Torah, that a woman is not obligated in. Tanu Rabbanan, three lines into the wide lines, two thirds of the way down, says, Let's say that my father wants to go sit and learn and fund himself, or he wants to send me to go sit and learn and I will live on his dime. Open to the opportunity, if you're willing to discuss it, by the way, <laughs> says the Gemara, who kodem live no, that the father gets to sit in the base medrash before the son does. 
Rabbi Yehuda Omer, well, it depends. If the child is, uh, he's, uh, he's, he has alacrity, he has excitement, he's talented. The Talmud he remembers things, then Beno Kodmo. But uh, otherwise not. So if the, if the father is a mutzlach and the son is not a mutzlach, then the father should sit and learn. He said it depends, right? And the previous answer didn't depend. Father goes first. Here it depends on the child. Rav Yaakov, Rav Acha, Bar Yaakov, Rav Yaakov who was the son of Rav Achabar Yaakov, so the grandson and the, and the, and the grandchild had the same name. Shadre Avua Lakami de Abai. He sent, uh, his father sent him to go learn by Abai. Ki Asa, when Rav Yaakov came back, Chazye, Rav Acha saw, Delo Hava Mechadadon Shmaitse, that he wasn't holding very clearly in Sugyas. Let's just be clear who we're talking about over here. Their version of not holding in Sugyas is our version of massive Talmud Chacham. But we just have to call it like it is. These people were on such high levels, it's hard for us to fathom. But in this particular case, the Lohava Mechadadon Shmaitse, he didn't know about her. Amrali, the father said to the son, I should have sent myself. I'm better than you are. Tov at You sit over here and back in town. I'm going to go learn in the base medrash. So this is now Rav Achabar Yaakov, the great Amora, who's now going to go learn by Abaye. Shama Abaye to Asi. He now heard that the father of Rav Yaakov, Rav Achabar Yaakov, was coming to the base medrash. And Hava who Mazik be Rabbanon de Abaye. There was a particular shade, a demon that would frequent the base medrash of Abaye. The Mefarshim point out that. Abaye's base medrash was at the outskirts of town, which is a common place for demons to be. Um, that this uh, mazik, this shade was so dangerous, even when two people were together, which normally was an override for a shade. Even during the day, this was a very, very strong shade. He would damage people. So Abaye had a great idea. Instead of throwing out the welcome carpet, no one should invite him as a guest. Because Efshar, with his greatness, that Rav Achabar Yaakov could get rid of this shade, Efshar, perhaps a miracle will happen. Oh, he went into the base medrash and he ended up sleeping in Shul on the hard benches. What was he supposed to do? Nobody invited him. Not a very warm town. And when he finally went to sleep that night, this demon showed up like a seven-headed monster. Every time that Rav Achabar Yaakov bowed, one of the heads of the seven-headed monster fell off, and in the end he won. He said to everyone in the base medrash the next day, Had it not been that a miracle took place, and that was what helped to destroy this demon, I would have been put in danger. Now, the story itself is worth research, but more importantly for our part of the Gemara, we do see a scenario that where the son is slacking, the father should be the one who then takes the benefit of the money. That's in line with the sheet of Rabbi Huda, who wanted to say it depends on what's going on. It's not categorical that it's always the father. It just depends if the kid's a mutzlach or not. Let's say we're putting up two things against one another, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah or to marry a woman. First, the person should learn Torah and afterwards he should get married. If he's not able to be without a woman, then you say, If it's too hard for him to be single, then he should get married first so he can learn more benachas. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. Halacha, no seisha, ve'achrakach, yilmo Torah. He says the halacha is that first a man should get married and afterwards he should learn Torah. Rav Yochanan Amar, Rechaim B'Tzavarov, he's got the mills hanging on his neck, meaning he has work responsibilities. Once he's married, he has to support his wife. How can he do that? How can he even accomplish that? It's crazy. Says the Gemara, it depends what city you're talking about. One city's talking about Bavel, one city's talking about Eretz Yisrael. Take a look at Rashi, beautiful Rashi's, one after the next. 
says Rashi, nine lines or so from the bottom, the Bnei Bavel, they were they they tripped. They took a trip to Eretz Yisrael. And since they weren't living at home, they were traveling. They were staying in a hostel. Therefore, no seisha. That way, he'll have fewer hirhur. Should get married first, leave town, and then he'll be fine. And the next Rashi says, They are living in the place where the Tanoim were. And therefore, we were concerned that in Eretz Yisrael, that she should not get married first, because if she if he does get married, he should not get married first, because if he does, he's not traveling, he's going to be home, and then he has the Tzorche Abayis upon him. Therefore, halan haluhu, that's the distinction the Gemara makes. The Gemara tells a story, 10 lines from the bottom of the page, on Chav Tesmet Beis, Mishtabech, Lerav Chizda, Lerav Huna, Bidirav Hamnuna. Rav Chizda was telling Rav Huna some praiseworthy words about Rav Hamnuna, Dadam Gadol. When he shows up to you, have you, Liyadi, I'd love to meet him, says Rav Chizda. When he got there, Chazid, he saw that he was not wearing a head wrap, which was common to be worn at that time. Why aren't you wearing a sudra? I'm not married. And apparently, we wear talesim. This is also Stama discussion of posting. Why do we only wear talesim when we're married, which is the common practice? Lachora, it's really not the din. It's really not so simple that that's the case. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sfarim do it right. But Lachora, even by Ash, I'm just saying, I, I know Rav Shechter has a psak like this also, that it's reasonable for people to wear talesim. You shouldn't change your family minog with no good reason, but really everyone should be wearing a talis single enough. Yeah, but. We we've created we yeah we've created a real custom out of this and it's uh I don't from what I've been hearing there aren't a lot of sources to strongly back it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, he says the man says it's not married. So then Rufiza uh, turned away. Adrinu la ape mine turned his face away. Amarle chazi the lo chazi slahu. Make sure that it's the case that I don't see you la ape in my face. Adinisvas go get married. Ravuna the time. Why did Ravuna say that? Because the Amar ben Esrim shan of lo nasa isha kolyama beaver. That if a person turns twenty years old and he hasn't gotten married yet. All of his days will be filled with Averis. He's going to be doing inappropriate things with women. Says the Gemara, You think he's going to be doing Averis all day? That's not true. You're right. He may not be doing things necessarily bigufo, uh, but he'll have your hurim. That's until he's 20. Up until 20, Hashem waits. When will he get married? Once he gets to 20 years old, his bones should swell. We've had this in Shas before. Basically, it is that Hashem is upset and wants us to be married by the time we're 20. Rav Chizda said, I'm better than my friends because I got married at 16. And then he says, Had it only been that I would have gotten married at 14, top of Lama Aleph, I would have said to the Satan, I just shot an arrow through your eye. Nice try. I'm okay. You can't get me anymore. He says, He says, When you're able to have an influence over your child, when is this? That is going to going to debrich. Excuse me. Let me read that again. Adidach al savari debrich. When you're able to have control over your brich over your child, that's from 16 to 22. I have to say, as a father of children in that age bracket, something has happened. This is not the age bracket of control. 16 to 22 is where everything falls off the rails. That's what I'm understanding so far. I love my children. I love you. <laughs> so that's what the Gemara says. Some say no. It's mitam from eighteen ad We would have all argued that we have somewhat, maybe a little control between the ages of birth and like eight. 
maybe 12, maybe Koshira. It's Nisht Pasha. Kitanoi. This is based on a machlokes tanoi, based on a well-known pasuk. Hanochlan Rabbi Darko, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Nachemia, Chadam Ramishis Sarvead Esrim Betartein. That the din of Hanochlan Rabbi Darko, the application of it applies during those years of sixteen to twenty-two. The other one says Vechadam Ramitam Nitzreivad Esrim Arba. Some say it's from eighteen to twenty-four. We'll stop right here and pick up on the next section of uh, our Mishnah on Lamed Amidalov tomorrow night. Wishing you all a beautiful night.